We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Dr. Bernie Siegel, or Bernie as he's affectionately called, once thought that a miracle was something for which there was no explanation. Now he believes that everything is a miracle. He first wrote about miracles when he was practicing surgeon and founded Exceptional Cancer Patients, a groundbreaking synthesis of group, individual, dream, and art therapy that provides patients with a care frontation. Since that time, he's built up an impressive collection of riveting, warm, and belief-expanding stories, some of which are included in his latest book, A Book of Miracles, Inspiring True Stories of Healing, Gratitude, and Love. His first best-selling book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles, led to several other self-help books on healing by learning to live authentically, including Peace, Love, and Healing, 101 Exercises for the Soul, and 365 Prescriptions for the Soul. He's also written a children's book, Smudge Bunny, a parenting book, Love, Magic, and Mud Pies, and a book for anyone struggling with loss called Buddy's Candle. So, Bernie, welcome to the Authentic Living Show. I'm so glad to get to talk with you today. Thank you, Andrea. As You know, in the introduction, it was the word mystery. And I think, to me, that's why, you know, this book of miracles. I mean, life is a mystery. Mm-hmm. It really is miraculous. And I always say you have less trouble talking to quantum physicists and astronomers about miracles, in a sense, and the mystery, because they don't have all the answers to creation, but it's here. You know what I mean? We're living it, uh, and so you have to accept uh, the mystery and the miracles that go with it. It's just built into the universe. Yeah, it's just some kind of... Uh as you think about it, just a miracle that we're breathing in and out, that we have yeah. flesh and bone, that everything is working with such order, and it's uh, hard it, to... You know, what I've said to people, and I have done myself, I say when you walk out of the house in the morning, or when you get up in the morning, think of it as the first day you've ever been on Earth. Think of yourself as an extraterrestrial who came here on vacation. And get up hmm. in the morning and look around. And life gets very interesting. Because I was wondering the other morning, out walking the dogs, why the sky is blue. Who decided on that one? Mm-hmm. You know, what if it were red or black? I mean, you know, you'd say, oh, who wants to go out? But um, it, it, it just is magical. 
And I know, you know, as a scientist, one could say why it looks blue and why a leaf is green. But, I mean, why did it turn out that way? You know, and so when you look at all that, you realize there is an intelligence built into us that relates to our survival and to the nature of our lives. And that's the part. I always use the word potential. You know, what are we capable of? Uh, And stop being afraid of trying and let's see what can happen. Yeah, absolutely. So your definition of miracle is anything in the world. Yeah, that life Absolutely. is a miracle. Life itself. Yeah. Okay, so you said in the book that the mind plays a part in a miracle. So what is what part does well, the mind play? There, you know, I often say that the reason we sleep is not because we need a rest. I mean, you could lie down for eight hours, you know, but why do we fall asleep? And I really think it's to connect us with this consciousness that's part of creation. I have to say, my definition of God is loving, intelligent, conscious energy. Mm-hmm. And how do you connect with that consciousness? It's only when you quiet your mind. And for most people, they have to be put to sleep, you know, to have that happen. Um, yeah. And I don't mean in terms of death, you know, but, um, but to get into bed, go to bed at night, and then have dreams, have have your body talked to you, literally? I mean, people have awakened and known they've had a serious illness or not through the dream. And I think when we connect with that greater consciousness, then we are potentially creating our miracle. Because Jung said it he, in this way. He said, the future is unconsciously prepared long in advance. See, and therefore, it can be guessed by clairvoyance. So you go to a mystic or fortune teller and they tell you something, um, wow. I mean, yeah, I was told by a patient of mine who's a mystic that I was going to write books. The only C I got in four years of college was in creative writing. I was an artist. I never got into writing. Um, you know, I looked at her like, you're crazy. And here I am yeah. with a dozen books later, and, and she predicted it. Now, she could read something about me, uh, obviously, right. and it all happened. You might say it happened accidentally. Yeah, I mean, somebody walked up to me and said, have you ever thought of writing a book? You know, instead of running around lecturing and trying to talk to everybody. And I said, no, I never have. And then one person contacted another person, you know, and and this chain of events occurred, and boom, I'm writing a book. The first one I didn't write. I just talked for hours into a tape recorder, and then somebody typed it up and edited it, and it became a book. But, um, again, it was purely, you'd say, accidental. Yeah, I'd say it was, in a sense, miraculous that somebody walked up to me and asked me that question and then mm-hmm. started the whole process. Absolutely. I, Those little bitty things that yeah. seem to seem at the time so small can really create a whole lifetime. Yeah. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross used to say, there are no coincidences. Mm-hmm. And I think when people begin to understand that, well, I was just thinking of something that um, avoided a tragedy, that a neighbor of mine was very depressed. And she was getting a divorce. She had four children. And I had talked to her about it. And um, about two weeks after we had talked, uh, she sent the kids to get on the school bus and took an overdose of sleeping pills to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. The bus pulls up. And I always say to people, what do you think happened? Well, what happened was one of the kids said, no, I'm not going to school. I have to go home. He ran home, found her, saved her life. Wow. Now, what made the kid do that? 
you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, there are times I, I would, my wife and I once were sitting on the beach, and, and um, you know, I turned and said something to her, and she said, yeah, that's what I was thinking about, this man coming down the beach. Because I said to her, what, what, what is it about Jesus? She, she said, oh, this fellow coming down the beach looks like him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, but she had not said a word, but yet I heard what she was thinking in my head. And, uh, you know, those are some of the mystical, crazy things. And last but not least, um, doing a guided imagery, I created an inner guide named George. And twice when I've been out lecturing, people have come up to me and told me they saw him standing either in front of me or next to me while I was speaking. And one of them drew his picture, and it's exactly like the picture I drew of him. Because he wow. has a beard and a full head of hair and so forth. And you'd say, how, how can that be? But, you know, I accept it, see, because I've experienced it. Mm-hmm. So my mind is open uh, to, to all the possibilities in the world. And Solzhenitsyn, in his book, Cancer Ward, uh, one of the men says, look, I found this book in the library. It says there are cases of self-induced healing, not recovery through treatment. And the symbol that flutters out of the book is a rainbow-colored butterfly. And when I read that, I thought, wow, he intuitively knows that the rainbow being your life in order, every color is an emotion, and the butterfly is a symbol of transformation. But what was fascinating to me is he used the term self-induced, the not spontaneous remission or miracle. You know, the guy doesn't come in and say, hey, I found this book. It says there are miracles, you know, in cases of cancer. Because you don't learn from spontaneity or miraculous events. They happen. But when something is self-induced, ah, let me learn about it. And I have to say, most doctors, I hear this from patients all the time who are doing well. My doctor said, I'm doing very well. I should keep up everything I'm doing. Because, you know, I'm helping them do things. But why didn't the doctor say, you're doing very well? Tell me, what are you doing? So I can pass it on to others. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, well, you had a miracle, so there's not, nothing I can tell people, you just had a miracle, I'd say, no, think in terms of self-induced, you know, that we affect our genes through our emotions. I always say, I mean, one miracle that I get a kick out of is bacteria. When you dump antibiotics on them, they alter their genes and become resistant to antibiotics. Huh. So, you know, I always say God loves bacteria, and there are some people in various religions who get mad at me for saying that. But, you know, but God doesn't prefer one creature over another, if you know what I mean. We're all integrated, all here to work together and live together. And um, so the system is built into us. You know, if we cut our finger, you don't bleed to death. I mean, who figured out how to stop that and how to make it heal? Um, so, again, you know, I see a Band-Aid as a very spiritual, symbolic uh thing because it reminds me of what is built into me uh, so a little accident doesn't lead to my death uh, that my body knows and I don't have to give it instructions how to heal and uh, you know that wisdom what I try to pass on is what are the secrets in a sense be, you know the story behind people exceeding expectations in any way and, and not just I mean, this book isn't about illness alone. It's about everything that can go on in your life. And when people look at 
the list, then they can more likely achieve their miracle. All right. Well, we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. Stay tuned for more from Dr. Bernie Siegel in just a few minutes. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Talking today to Dr. Bernie Siegel about his latest book, A Book of Miracles, which is a heartwarming book filled with inspiring true stories of healing, gratitude, and love. I've really loved this book, uh, Bernie, and it and it's just and it's written by some of the stories are written by people who've actually had what what they call miracles in their lives, and uh, some are just stories that you've put in there as well. Yeah, so I want to talk things. about some of that. What Sorry. birth? You've talked a lot in the book about birth, and one of the stories you told was about uh, you and a friend out on a boat, and uh, there was a whale out there, and you couldn't figure out what was going on. You thought maybe something was wrong with it, and all of a sudden you realized that he, uh, the, it was a female birthing a baby whale, and you guys got to watch that process. That was a very moving story, and but you see, mer- beer, mer- excuse me, birth itself as a miracle. Yeah. So you talk some about it's- that. I mean, to me, our lives are about birthing. You know, in various religions, we talk about being born again. And what I've seen happen, and I mean this literally, 
because uh, another member of the clergy said to me, yes, when people are having a problem, I tell them to pick a new name for themselves. So I will say this to people, pick a new name. But it's, again, finding a life you love. You know, that, that you're told you have two months to live. Well, I have a letter. I won't tell you all the things this woman did, see, but she created a new life. Because she said, I went home to do all the things I wanted to do before I died. And the letter ends with, I didn't die, and I'm so busy, I'm killing myself. Help, where do I go from here? <laughs> now, you know, I, I mean, I operate on a landscaper that I've written about in other books who refused further treatment because I couldn't cure his cancer. Um, but he said, it's springtime. I want to go home and make the world beautiful, so when I die, I leave a beautiful world. He died 24 years later at age 94 with no wow. sign of cancer. You see, instead of retiring, which is a dangerous thing for people to do, he spent his life making the world beautiful and only died after his wife died. Then it was like, okay, I can go now. Um, but those are things that I learned had you know, meaning to the person because of the decisions they made. And they weren't afraid to talk to me because they knew... Uh, I wasn't going to argue with them. I mean, I've met patients who have left their troubles to God and had their diseases disappear. And again, to me, it's the peace that they find when they go home and do that, you see. They're not fighting a battle. Uh, Mother Teresa said it well. She said, I will not go to an anti-war rally, but if you ever have a peace rally, call me. So I've learned that when people healed their lives and found peace, some incredible things happen. You know, then they connect in a different way with their bodies, with their greater consciousness, and uh, they're not trying not to die. They're just trying to enjoy life. You know, the title of your show, Authentic Living, especially with women, I'm always saying, live your authentic life. You know, not mama or the wife, and for the men, not the wage earner. So it's okay to die when you can't work. Uh, and it's okay to die when the kids leave home. No, you have to have your authentic life. And then some amazing things begin to happen. I mean, I've had people thank me for giving them permission to be the person they were meant to be. Because when you're brought up without love, and this is a quote from that woman, my mother's words were eating away at me and maybe gave me cancer. Uh, Her mother dressed her in dark colors, told her she was a failure, embarrassed her, etc. And... Her husband, when she developed cancer the second time, handed her my books, and that's when she, you know, from the knock on the head, uh, woke up and started living a new life and bought a red dress and red high-heeled shoes. I love it. And so she started this new life and now is alive helping others. Every month she and her husband send out a humorous, like, newsletter, you know, filled with comic strips and other things that they copy and put on, you know, sheets of paper, and, you know, they're giving the gift of life to others now. Because literally, if you laugh several times a day, you will live a longer, healthier life, whether you have cancer or anything else. So, again, when people make that shift, rebirth themselves, reparent themselves, some incredible things can happen. And let me add this while I'm saying it. Whether it's you on a show saying to somebody, I love you, or a teacher or a doctor, or a member of the clergy, or a parent, that when you let the kids know you love them, and I didn't say like, I said love them, and you persist in loving them, 
they realize they're worth loving, and then they begin to take care of themselves. And I saw this with my patients, some of whom were totally self-destructive. Uh, I knew they were trying to get me to reject them also, you know, to prove that you're not worth anything. I'm not going to be your doctor anymore. But I would always give them return appointments. And six months down the road, they'd suddenly come in, you know, with clean clothes and stopped smoking or taking drugs or whatever it was um, and began a new life because I had reparented them. So I'd say to everybody out there, you can be a CM or a CD. You can be a chosen mom or a chosen dad and let people know you love them and then take that role. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And these little births and deaths that happen every day. You know, I, I'm, I've always been impressed, Bernie, with how close you as a physician have walked always to death. Um, and I do think there's something very profound about walking that close to yeah. a person's transition that, that um, just you just have to get close to the secrets that are there, the mystery that's there. And right. uh, that has... has really uh brought an amazing force for you to be able to to do the work you do and i just want to say thank you for doing it oh you're welcome and you know one of the things i was thinking about it isn't trying to keep people from not dying you know because i always say to people uh, the bitterest people in heaven are the vegetarian meditating joggers you know mm-hmm. who are trying to do everything <laughs> right and then they die anyway so right. it's doing that's why i love the word authentic doing what feels right for you one of our kids said it very well, because I was just mentioning this to a friend of mine. Um, I was talking to a group, and I said, if you had 15 minutes to live, what would you do? And some of the things people said didn't make sense to me. When we got to our son, he said, I'd buy a quart of chocolate ice cream and eat it. And I said to him, <laughs> I don't have to worry about you. And then somebody else oh, in the room got my mind straightened out because he said, wait a minute, you know, you don't like what I said, but what if what I said was my chocolate ice cream? Oh, that made sense to me then. And I'd say to everybody, go out and live your chocolate ice cream because when you do, yeah, that's when the miracles happen. So your body gets the message. You're loving life. I'll do everything I can to keep you here. Monday morning we have more heart attacks, strokes, suicides, and illnesses. And it's because of the message your body is getting. I don't like my life. I don't like my job. I don't like the traffic. I don't. Yeah, fine. I'll get you out of here. We'll either get you, you know, in the hospital or dead. You don't have to do this again. And, but if you got up every morning saying, I love my life and the opportunity it offers me, then your body does some things that are very different for you and really tries to keep you here to enjoy it. And and then, again, I mean, I say to everybody, you know, because if you say to a crowd, is life fair, they all yell no. I say it must be, you're all complaining. Life is difficult. (laughs) You know, I know that, but I still want the opportunity because it feels good to help others, uh, to have the experience, to enjoy the miracle, uh, and just to think about it. And, uh, you know, all the relationships and connections are part of the miracle. Um, I have to give you one more statistic. A study done in Australia. You have a heart attack. You go home to a house with a dog. A year later, 5% of the people had died. Go home to a house without a dog, 26% had died. And you'd say, what difference does a dog make? It's a relationship. 
You pet dogs, it changes your chemistry. You bond with other people, too. Um, so all of these things become meaningful. And when people have connections and meaning in their life, they live a longer, healthier life, you know, than somebody who doesn't have those things in their life. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And it, it, that whole thing of joy is very, very energizing. Mm. And who knows what's happening in our cells, cells C-E-L-L-S, every time we feel joy and respond to life in joy. Who knows what's going on in the cells? I mean, we do know. (laughs) There are books written now, The Biology of Belief by geneticists. Bruce Lipton. Bruce Lipton, yeah. And, oh, there's a book called The Energy Cure where uh, William Bengston, Bill Bengston, has cured people and mice of cancer with putting his hands around them. You see, that, again, was a miracle for me. I had injured my leg training for a marathon. I'm at a meeting. There's a healer there named Alga Worrell speaking to a group of doctors. And my wife said, honey, she's a healer. Go up and let her work on your leg. I said, this is crazy. I mean, I I really can't believe, you know, what she's saying. Uh, This was many years ago. (laughs) Right. So my wife walks up to her and says, Alga, will you come over and help my husband? I was sitting in a chair, and Alga came over, sat down next to me, put her hands on my leg. Her hands were so hot. It was like two irons on my leg. I could not believe the heat. And within five minutes, I got up, walked away with no pain, perfectly well. And you see, again, I had the experience, boom, I'm a believer. And so I know that energy is there. You know, it's the energy of creation. But, well, as one of our kids said, Dad, it's like we're the wires that connect to the battery, you know, that help start the car. We're the wires. So... We can take the energy and direct it and help ourselves and help others. And I I really feel that in 20 or 30 years, because it takes medicine and science a long time to get their heads together, um, (laughs) we will be doing research on this and accepting it as a scientific fact. See, quantum physicists, there's a quote from one, Fred Allen Wolf. He said, desire and intention alter the physical world, causing things to occur which would not normally occur if they were not desired. Now, that's a hell of a statement, you see, but you never hear a doctor say to you, look, you want to survive, you've got to have desire and attention. No, they tell you, you've got a disease, this is what's going to happen. Um, but give people hope. Who knows? And a lot of the doctors in Connecticut, where I am, you know, thought I was crazy. Uh, or I'm blaming patients because I would talk to them about their life and what happened in your life, why may you know what might have made you sick now. But with time, they saw you know what were called Siegel's crazy patients. They did well, had exceptional results at times, so they began to enjoy my crazy patients and learn exactly. From yeah. Exactly. And that's very, very, very true. So we're going to be back to hear more about that from Dr. Bernie Siegel in just a few more minutes. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. 
The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking to Dr. Bernie Siegel about his book, A Book of Miracles, a very inspiring book of true stories of healing, gratitude, and love. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about how people can uh, f- sort of facilitate uh, an openness to uh, miracles and sort of have that mindset. And uh, so how you, you mentioned during the break that prayer was a facilitator. So yeah, say the, something about that. Well, one thing I want to say, too, about ions. You know, here, see, Edgar Mitchell, an astronaut, uh-huh. starts it because he has a sense of wonder, too. And they also put a book together on spontaneous remissions. Um, just what I was talking about, self-induced healing. See, if we wrote the book now, I'd put that title on it. Um, but, you know, these include cases, I mean, people with cancer, you know, verified, go to Lourdes, come home, and they're cured. Now, some of it, I've learned, is the mind of the person. You know, you travel halfway around the world to go to a shrine the likelihood of you coming home is greater than somebody who lives a mile away from the shrine and walks over there. So some of it, again, gets back to the desire and intention of the person. But uh, one of the stories is called The Lesson in the Power of Prayer. Um, and it's written by a woman um, whose friend Barbara had a recurrence of cancer, spread to her liver, destroyed two of her heart valves. 
So she had open heart surgery to place two valves put in a pacemaker. But at the end of the procedure, her heart kept failing, so they literally couldn't close her chest. They had to keep her hooked up to a pacemaker. And this woman, uh, her name is Marilyn, began to collect friends to pray for Barbara. Um, and she said, I was on my husband's cancer listserv site, noticed there was a priest who lived in New Orleans. And she said, I'm not Catholic, but I reached out to him and asked him to pray for Barbara. And they're nowhere near New Orleans. Um, Barbara had people praying for her all over the country. And we considered everything that happened to her a miracle. After four days, lying there with an open chest, she had her chest closed up. Her heart did well. Um, she left the hospital a week later, stayed in a residence inn, you know, till she recovered. Um, she continues to do well. Her heart is beating on its own. Uh, she's walking three miles a day. Uh, it, I, I forgot there was a note in here that there may be only five or six people that have been able to... Oh, here it is, 15. Barbara survived something. Now 15 people in the world survived. And she's back with her family and friends, making the most of every day. I learned again what the power of prayer can do. Now, I met one patient one day who said to me, he had something like 2,000 people praying for him and was doing exceptionally well. And then he had a problem. And his doctor said to him, well, maybe if you had 3,000 people praying for you, you'd do better. That's what drives me nuts about doctors, you know, and, and the attitude that some of them have because they go into medicine for unhealthy reasons. I mean, I know the pain of being a doctor. Um, and that I mean the people you can't save, the people you can't cure. Um, believe me, those are the things I remember years later. When people do well, I don't go to sleep thinking about them. I think about the things that didn't turn out well. Um, and that's something I say our education, so-called education, doesn't prepare us for as doctors. That's what led me to where I am today, all the pain and being asked by a patient, I need to know how to live between office visits. But instead right. of putting somebody down for doing well, you know, you, you should have more people praying for you. Uh, why make fun of him? He did exceed your expectations. He outlived what you expected. Um, you know, why belittle the patient? Uh, and I'd say to patients also, don't be what the word patient means, a submissive sufferer. I mean, speak up. Be what I call a respite, a responsible participant. It's okay to get angry if you're not treated with respect. It's all right to say no if you don't want to do things. I mean, those are the things that lead to miracles. Not saying no to yourself and becoming submissive and a doormat to do what everybody else wants. Um, you know, back to your authentic living. You've got to find who you are. And the only way, two things. One is, I always say from a country western song, let your heart make up your mind. And the other is from the still pond, where the ugly duckling sees he's a swan, a tiger brought up by goats is taken by another tiger to the still pond and says, hey, dumbbell, you're not a goat, you're a tiger. Look, <laughs> but it has to be a still pond. If your life is in turbulence, you will never see your authentic self. You'll, you're really only going to see what you create in your troubled mind. But when your mind is quiet and your life is quiet, ah, then you'll see. Yeah. 
Yeah, that stillness. I mean, you were talking a little bit ago about the uh, looking up at the sky and wondering why it's mm-hmm. blue. I, uh, part of my meditation is just looking around at the trees or the flowers or the grass or right. the sky or something like that and just noticing how still it is, how it just is being what it is in complete stillness. And there, you know, that passage in the Bible that says, uh, be still to know that I'm God. And I really think there's very great power right. in that stillness that creates yeah. the potential for uh, the ultra, uh, the ultra natural idea of mir- the miracle. And that's why, you know, I say sleep is necessary because most of us don't hear from God until we're sleeping. And yeah, God talk can, some more about that, the dream well, symbols. As- yeah, God can speak in dreams and images. I mean, I think in Job it says that. But I really feel, and I mean this sincerely, that if we just needed a rest, we could lie down, you know, and it'll be quiet and you take a rest for six or eight hours. But what is it about sleep? I even learned this in the operating room. When patients are anesthetized, they hear your, what you're saying to them. So, again, it's getting into that level of consciousness, and I use that in a positive way. And I think when you sleep, the dreams are informing you sometimes that you have an illness and you need to see a doctor, and other times what you need to do in your life. Um, and so that these dreams are not, you know, accidents. You really need to stop and think about them. You know, what if there's a person in it, what do they represent? What do they seem like? You know, it's like if you walk up and said, oh, I met Bernie Siegel in a dream. Well, how would you describe him to somebody? And the same from your illness. How would you describe what you're experiencing? And then you hear words come out that will help you heal your life. If you said, well, it's very draining. All right, what else is draining you? So keep your mind, in a sense, open and pay attention to these things. Because if you lock up what I call, um, you know, it's like uh, your treasure chest. If you keep the lid on, then what's in it can never come out. But when you start to do meditation, guided imagery, pay attention to your dreams, then the lid comes off and it's, okay, here's the information. Here's what we want to tell you. Yeah, I mean, one miracle because we had a cat named Miracle who lived 20 years. Oh, wow. Dear gift. But why did she get that name? Because a woman learned she has cancer, goes home, goes to bed. A white cat walks up to her. I think that's very symbolic to the white animal and says to her, here's the chemotherapy you should take. Wow. Now, where's that coming from? I mean, this lady is not a doctor, you know, but she writes it all down and went to her doctor and told him, and he did, and, of course, years later, she's okay. So one of our kids brought a kitten home about the same time, and I named it Miracle, and uh, even that feels good. Imagine running around the house yelling Miracle when you can't find her. Um, (laughs) You know, and and, now we have one named Hope, so, you know, I keep it going, and um, just understand that that wisdom is within, and so when you lie down, and your mind is quiet, and you're sleeping, some incredible things happen. And I would say to people, if you ever get a message that something is wrong, persist until a doctor listens to you and runs some tests. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're told, oh, don't worry, you're too young to have that, Uh, yeah, there are people I know who are dying because they listen to a doctor say, don't worry. Because if you have that inner sense, there is something to worry about. Even if a mammogram is 
okay, but you know there's something there. Persist until the doctor says, you're driving me nuts, but I'll take a look. Let me see. Because I mm-hmm. learned to listen to the wisdom of my patients. And the wisdom of their body as it speaks to them, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the, the dream symbols are very interesting as well, I think, not only because of the characters we run into in dreams and also the, the, the places we find ourselves and what's the, the action that's going on in the yeah. dream, but also the choices we're making in a dream are very, very significant. So yeah. that need to be included in our, our sort of look at interpreting our dreams. Yeah, many years ago, you reminded me of some... Uh, when I started this work with cancer patients and AIDS patients and anybody, you know, who needed help, um, I wondered, are you doing this to prove you don't die? You know, like the doctors on the other side of the desk. Because I put my desk against the wall so I didn't separate myself from people. But I went to bed that night and um, I had a dream. And we were all in a car which went off a cliff. And I was just sitting there calmly and everybody's shrieking and screaming, you're going to die, we're going to... And looking at me like, how can you be so calm? And I realized it's because death is not a problem. I'm not afraid of dying. <laughs> so let me add this, you know, since it was a, with a car. Years later, I had a 90-plus-year-old uh, patient that I asked to join our support group because she'd been through so much that it helped everybody else. And one day when everybody was in all kinds of crazy fears and what's going to happen to me, I turned to her and I said, what are you afraid of? And after five minutes of silence, she said, oh, I know what it is. I said, what is it? She said, driving on the parkway at night. And then the whole room, you know, burst out laughing because here they are with all their fears. And here she sits, having lived through everything everybody else was afraid of. And her only problem now is driving on the parkway at night. (laughs) I think that, you know, when people have lived through, then they become teachers and coaches. That's the thing. I, I like that term, that we need to coach each other and teach survival behavior um, and learn from others. Don't wait for disaster. Hemingway said, the world breaks everyone. Some of us become strong at the broken places. But yes, I keep saying, don't wait to break down and then write a new book because your book has been written. That's something I honestly have written in some of my books. There's nothing new here. Am I making it? More modern and easier to understand, yes. But they're age-old messages. So read the wisdom of the past. And absolutely, learn. absolutely. Yes. And, and we're going to hear some more about that in just a few minutes from Dr. Bernie Siegel. We'll be back. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260 day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co creation with Great Spirit. 
How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Now, i got to tell you, uh, guys that are listening out there, uh, this person that I'm talking to today, Dr. Bernie Siegel, is a very warm and real person, and I, I want to introduce you to him. I want you to get to know him a little bit more. So I want you to tell us, Bernie, if you will, a little bit of how about what's going on for you and how listeners might make contact with you, etc. All right. To contact me, my website is BernieSiegelMD.com. So BernieSiegelMD.com. And the emails go to me, the contact. I don't have, you know, a staff of 20 people between me and you. Um, And so if you want to, and there are a lot of articles there. There's a webinar you can watch where I give a lecture and show the drawings. So all those things are available through my website. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. And uh, And I may say you can order books and CDs and everything else. I mean, it's all there, you know, typically as on a website. Right, right. This particular book has a foreword in it by Dr. Deepak Chopra as well, which is also meaningful. So, you know, I really would encourage you to read this book. It's it's one of those books you can uh, you can go to bed at night and read one story every night before the, you put the lights out, and it's just rich with warmth and hope and uh, a lot of just really rich. Uh, profound life energy. So I would really encourage you to get it and read it. All right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about this whole thing about angels and guides. There's a lot of people out there who will go so far as to say, yes, we do have, uh, we do make intentions and our desires do make a difference and how we think does make a difference and how we feel does make a difference. But when we start talking about angels and guides, they're like, whoa, stop. That's a little too far for me. So let's talk a little bit about that. I, again, learned from experience. And let me say this so people know I'm different. I have not had a normal life. Due to my mother's ill health, she wasn't supposed to become pregnant and all kinds of complications of pregnancy, um, I was born an ugly duckling. I was battered and hemorrhaged and so forth. But I had a grandmother who really saved my life in the sense of massaging me and, push, as my mother said, pushing things back where they belong. Um, I didn't know that till I grew up as an adult because if you look at our family album, there are just pictures of covered carriage because they were hiding me. But that's one aspect. So I was the ugly duckling with a grandmother. When I was four years old, I took a toy apart, put the pieces in my mouth, 
and was choking to death. I aspirated it, and I left my body. I had a near-death experience. And I can tell you, as a four-year-old, I preferred death. I chose it, okay? Now, you say, how can you choose it? You're not in your body. Consciousness doesn't stop with the death of the body. That I know. Blind people have a near-death experience. They see when they leave their body. And I was very angry when I didn't die. Many years later, a friend said to me over the phone, why are you living this life? I went into a trance and saw a past life I was living in which I killed with a sword. And I really felt that I am a surgeon to heal with a knife now to make up for the damage I did in the past. And I won't get into the details of it, but it was an incredibly traumatic experience for me, and I cried for hours. Um, And I, I know memories are stored in our body because... When I was massaged after shaving my head by a woman for the first time, I went into a trance. I went back to being that infant. And people, when I opened my eyes, there were six people in the room who weren't there when I started the massage. And I said to them, what's going on here? I'm getting massaged. They said, we thought you had a heart attack or stroke. You left. And I said, yes, I became an infant again. So I couldn't communicate. Then... Elizabeth Kubler-Ross asked me to draw a picture for her at a workshop one day, and I drew an outdoor scene that I see in my meditation where I meet my inner guide named George. And um, what I was amazed at also were her questions for my drawing. Bernie, what are you covering up? I said, what are you talking about? She said, you put snow on a mountain. The page is white, but you used a white crayon and added a layer. What are you covering up? And I talked about my feelings. And there were 12 trees, and I've been doing this 12 months. And, it, uh, you know, I mean, I couldn't believe how much she knew about my life in this crazy drawing. Oh, there was a bird named Rainbow. Um, there was a fish out of water in the picture. All, all these symbols. Um, and then years later, I'm giving a lecture. And I, when I started lecturing, I, I would make an outline so I knew what to say and what, you know. But this night, I couldn't follow the outline. And I thought... Look, what you're doing is better. Forget the outline. Just talk. So I talked for a couple of hours. First lady in the audience came up to me and said, I've heard you before. That was better than usual. <laughs> then the second lady came up and said, Bernie, standing in front of you for the entire lecture was a man. So I drew his picture for you. And it's George. I mean, he has a big beard and a full head of hair. And, you know, I mean, I know who it was because <laughs> I have my picture and her picture. And then I spoke at a funeral for a friend, Um, and this was on a Sunday, a Christian funeral. And when I'm standing after the funeral, everybody's left. I'm standing alone in an empty corridor, and Alga Worrell, the healer, came up to me. She knew this man, too, and was at the funeral, and said, Bernie, are you Jewish? I said, why are you asking that? Because I'm speaking at a Christian funeral. She said, no, there's a rabbi standing next to you. And she described George again the beard, and everything else. Wow. And, uh, and then I understood more about his garments and what he was wearing because they had, you know, a relationship to his role as a rabbi. And um, it, it just, you know, I can't deny those things. They happen. And um, so I know that it's real. Um, and four times in my life, I mean, three more and the choking, Two auto accidents with people, you know, go through red lights and destroy my car. Mm. And once when I wrote on a death certificate, I was teaching college students. 
I said, everybody fill out your death certificate. And these kids were dying at age 50. And I'm writing on mine, dies at age 98, falling off the roof with the family yelling, you shouldn't be up there at your age doing that. Well, six months later, I go up on the roof to take off a dead branch. The ladder breaks, and I come falling off the roof of our house. Mm. Now, how I did not get severely injured, I have no idea. I mean, to me, it really was miraculous. I landed on my feet further out from the ladder. I mean, there's no way I can explain it. I did fall over. I mean, I was rather tense and stiff (laughs) and fell over and gave my head a good knock, but, you know, it was nothing serious. And a man came up to me, because this I have to share with you, and I get such a kick out of it after my lecture. I said, I must have an angel. There's no way you can explain how I landed where I did. And he came up after the lecture. He said, yes, you have an angel. I know his name. I said, really? What's his name? He said, what did you say when the ladder broke? I said, oh, shit. He said, that's his name. And That's his name. You see, but even that has been a gift to me. Because when I have skidded on my bike on ice, what do you think I yell out? And then I start laughing. So when I hit the ground, I'm totally relaxed, laughing, and don't get injured. I love it. Yeah, and I wish I could find that man because he gave me a gift. You know, or even if you're stuck in traffic and you yell. it's So I always say to people, you need an angel, use mine. Because when you have that sense of humor about you, it, it becomes a different experience, and oh, yeah. uh, it helps you, again, to survive and have a miracle. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. I love it. It reminds me of a dream I had one time a long time ago of, a, of, a, of an angel who was wearing an armor, and the angel only said to me, just have fun. And I was like, okay, that's what I need to do. So, yeah, that's really what you're well, saying of, is that one of my life is about that. It is a mystic. Um, and she revealed that to me after she realized I wasn't a normal doctor, you know. And uh-huh. she began bringing me messages from dead patients and support group members. Uh, and she would say their name and what they had to say to me. Wow. One that was quite interesting, she came in, because we had a doctor in the group, which is very unusual yeah. that a doctor would join, a male, too. It's hard to get the men to talk about feelings. But anyway, she came yeah. in, she said, I have a message from Frank. I said, what is it? She said, he said, if I'd known it was this easy, I'd have bought the package a long time ago and not have received it so much. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Bernie Siegel, for coming to the Authentic Living Show today. We've really enjoyed talking with you. And next week we're going to look forward to talking to Dr. Sherry Carter-Scott about the rules of the game of life. Based on her best-selling book, If Life is a Game, Then These are the Rules. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.